got together. We beat you in football in the Sugar Bowl. And so it's just so good for Buckeyes to be back uh, with some Razorbacks. <laughs> I'm going to be preaching. I have a brother named Brenton today. Um, it's so good. So good to be here. If you can remain standing, we're going to go to Joshua 6 and verse 18. While you're turning there, um, I just want to say how privileged and honored I am to be here in Arkansas. This is my first ever camp outside of Ohio to be preaching at. And I am so looking forward to being here with you all. And um, I'm, just, I'm just having a great time already. Those snow cones are just God's gift to this state. I'm just going to tell you that much right now. So I need you to do me a favor. I, uh, I, I, would, I cannot wait. I, hopefully I can meet all 300 plus of you. Come and find me. If you see me, come and find me and tell me what your favorite snow cone flavor is, okay? And so I want to try to eat as many of those. My, jo my goal is just to bankrupt the youth department this week with snow cones. And so um, uh, come and tell me what your favorite snow cone is and uh, tell me why I should get it, all right? And then I've got, four ki or I've got, I've got two kids uh, and my wife is with me so we can all just get as many as we want and I can eat off all theirs too. So um, I've already planned this out. My wife is a snow cone connoisseur. She's already planned out which ones she's going to be eating for the rest of the week. And so, uh, does anybody plan out their snow cone? Uh, yeah, smart people. My gosh. They asked me last night, do you want the special sauce? I was like, is the Pope Catholic? Yeah, I want the, whatever that is, give me that. My goodness. And so, <laughs> I'm just excited to be here. I want to give honor to your district leadership. Uh, your superintendent has been a hero of mine for many years, uh, especially as a church planner. And we honor Pastor Gaddy. He preached a camp that I was a student at. And so um, I'm just I'm just thrilled, uh, just thrilled to be here. Uh, your district youth leadership uh, headed by Brother Jackson. Aren't they doing a tremendous job leading the students of this district? Amen. Doing a great job. What a word from Brother Wilson last night. Come on, why don't we just give it up for him? So honored to be teamed up with James. He's a buddy of mine. Listen, I know y'all have y'all have James Wilson like to death in Arkansas. All right, he's been here a ton. But I'm gonna just tell you something right now. Before y'all had him, I had him in Ohio. So I knew I knew about James Wilson before you know James Wilson. You know. Uh, and so, but what a great preacher and. Uh, the caliber of ministry that he has is just amazing and it's just I'm just so privileged to be teamed up with him I have a lot of friends I was surprised I have a lot of friends in Arkansas so I felt good um, Justin and Kim Rinking their boys love them very much they've been good friends to us over the years and one of my dearest friends in the world were the Paul Price Tara their children but Paul has been a dear dear friend to me and I'm so grateful for him and his voice in my life you're blessed with some amazing leadership in Arkansas. Joshua 6 and verse 18. We're going to pick up just a matter of moments before Israel would achieve a major God-orchestrated victory when the walls of Jericho would come tumbling down, right? 
Is that, we all know about the walls of Jericho. They walked around the city. The walls of Jericho fell down. They won the city. All right? That's a really good message, and I'm not going to preach it this week other than to say it probably was a miracle because there was teenagers in that room, and they didn't talk. All right? Um, so that was the miracle that nobody talks about in that, in that story. Now here, though, Joshua, the leader of Israel in verse 18, speaks to God's people and gives them a warning before the city is to be taken in victory. Joshua 6 and verse 18 says, And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the cursed thing. Everyone say the cursed thing. Lest ye make yourselves accursed. When you take things from the world that don't belong to you, it's going to hurt you. And when you take of the cursed thing, watch, and make the camp. Everyone say the camp. Not only does sin affect you, but it affects the people around you. Here's the deal. My little girl, my little girl doesn't look up to mommy and daddy very much. My eight-year-old, you know who she looks up to? You. And we didn't build the church. But it is our responsibility to make sure that this goes to the next generation. And you now have a responsibility to make sure that this thing goes to the next generation. So he says, you'll make the camp of Israel curse and you will trouble it. You will bring trouble to the camp. But all the silver and gold vessels and brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord they shall come into the treasury of the Lord what he said there is is you're going to win this victory but you the, the spoils are not for you they're for God we do well when God gets the glory out of our victories we do well when God gets the glory out of our victories I'm going to preach. I'm not going to give you my title yet, so uh, just hang in with me uh, for a few moments. I'm not going to give you my title yet, but could we just pray and ask the Lord to speak? I don't want you to pray for your neighbor. I don't want you to pray for your friend this morning. I want you to pray for yourself. God, speak to me today. God, if you don't speak to anybody else in this room, I'm asking God that you would deal with my heart, with my soul, and my spirit today. God, I'm going to hear the word today and I'm not going to think, wow, that would be great for somebody else. But I'm going to think that is good for me today, Lord. And God, I'm praying that you would fill my heart or fill my mouth with your words today, Lord. Don't let any agenda or any desire that comes from my spirit be transferred. Lord, let me speak what you would have me to speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, hey, we're about to sit down. And you can be seated. I gotta be honest, I feel pretty uh, at home on these campgrounds because um, y'all, here's the deal, y'all just do things different down in the south. It's just, it's just different. It's just different. In Ohio, when we say campgrounds, it's like, oh, this is, that's the place where we go to church. Y'all say campgrounds and you're like, no, no, we're literally just, we're going to go camp. And then I'm going to ask you if it's spicy and you're going to look at me with like a little side grin like that's oh, not too bad you know what that means your mouth is about to pucker son it's about to light you up like a Christmas tree y'all like your spicy stuff that's for sure Woo! goodness gracious this guy really does back there hope that was a guy at least 
So I grew up, though, in Ohio. I grew up camping. And this wasn't glamping or anything like that. Like, we just legitimately grew, I grew up going to a campground with my family, with my grandmother, who was an avid camper. And this campground that I grew up on was a place where there was all sorts of wild animals. It was so exciting. It was a lot of fun. You could always see everywhere you went. There were deer. The deer were, were skittish, but they were, they were not necessarily domesticated. But there was one animal that was, that was and that is just the most evil being in the world. Uh, there was one animal and, and that, that was almost completely domesticated around those campgrounds, and those were raccoons. I love that. Uh, I love that groan. That was great. Uh, you know, y'all, do y'all eat raccoons around here? Are y'all that kind of people? James, y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I remember one time I was in southern Louisiana, and it was like deep southern Louisiana. They're like, you want some coon? I was like, excuse me? I ain't no raccoon. Goodness gracious that's a real thing. That's a real thing. People eat raccoons. Y'all are shaking your head. Because you do it. Don't pretend. Y'all eat raccoons around here. Lord, God, just right now, God, I'm praying for these young people of this district. Lord, that the raccoon-eating anointing would not transfer to them. But it would die here now, Lord. And so, uh, they were, but they're very smart. Uh, and they're almost human-like. They got like opposable thumbs or something. I'm not sure, but... I grew up with, with the, on these campgrounds. I would watch raccoons literally just instead of just going and opening a chip bag, I watched as they would be polite. Take the chip bag, press open the chip clip, open it up, put it off to the side, reach in, grab some chips, and just start casually eating some chips. They were completely domesticated. And so uh, I would always drive around with my grandmother and we would drive around the campsite and we would look and see what's going on at the campsite and... Uh, what we would find is, and what I would always see is these people, people would feed these raccoons. They would just walk up and they'd, they'd throw them a hot dog. or throw, That's just what they did. And I wanted to so bad, but my grandma, I was raised old school. You said, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, sir, yes, sir. You, 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 you just were respectful, right? And you didn't do anything that was against what your, 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 your parents said or your grandma said, right? It was a, that was how you grew up. Thank you. No, thank you. You're welcome. You know, you had manners. Um, young people, manners are, are a thing that... Um, no, I'm kidding. And so you had manners. And so my grandma, if my grandma told me, she would spoil me. But if my grandma told me something, she meant business. Not business, business. She meant business. And so she said, Anthony, I don't care what anybody else does on these campgrounds. You cannot feed raccoons. I'm like, but grandma... Everybody else is doing it. Why can't I? I don't care what everybody else does. You're not going to. And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, she said, and I was like, but grandma, why, why not? She said, Anthony, every raccoon is full of rabies. Yeah, the people that are laughing in the back are the ones that eat them, Okay. <laughs> the guy back there is like, no, no, I eat raccoon all the time. It's totally fine. And so I ate, or I know I didn't eat raccoon. Lord Jesus. God. <laughs> Woo! Help me, God. Help me. Oh, man, it's the Spirit's getting on me now. We're going to have to pray. 
intercede in this room. We have a prayer line, just me walking through it. That guy in the back, you cannot pray for me. I don't want that spirit transferred. And so, uh, wow. And so I, um, I was just scared. Every raccoon had rabies. And if you get rabies, you're going to froth at the mouth. You're going to shake. You're going to tick. You know, and you're just, and you're going to die. Raccoons, if, you, if, if, if a raccoon bites you or a raccoon all has rabies, you're just going to die. And so I always wondered how that was. The same. But one day I was on my bike riding around uh, with a couple boys outside on the campground. I'd never known them, never seen them since. But one day I was riding out in the campground with, uh, the boy, with these two boys. And we were just cruising. We went down the hill and went off to the side. And uh, my family was having a family uh, reunion. And, and I sure didn't want to be there. So I came around the corner. And as I turned around the corner, I looked. And there was this cute little patch of rabbits. I don't know if we've got the cute little picture of rabbits. Or rabbits. Raccoons. Sorry, I haven't told this story in a while. But I got this cute little, this cute little. I got this cute little group of raccoons. And they're all sitting there and they're just staring up at me. And I realized, this is my chance. I'm not going to eat them, but I am going to feed them. And so I thought, this is my chance. And, and uh, I realized that this is my opportunity to feed these raccoons. My grandma's not around. Nobody's here. You ever do something that you know you shouldn't do and you get that hot streak coming down up your neck like, oh, I should not be doing this. Your hands start to shake a little bit like, uh. So I was nervous and I looked and saw uh, these raccoons just hanging out there just like that up there. And I thought, well, what harm could they do? And so uh, we looked and I said, hey, you got anything to feed it? No, you got anything? No, you got anything? And so we just, we looked at the campsite, the people that were at the campsite around and said, hey, do y'all have anything that you could feed, that we could feed these raccoons with? And the guy was like, well, you know, really, I don't really have anything, but um, he said, we made s'mores last night. Thank you, Jesus, for s'mores. Is that a, is that a, a flavor over there? I know what I'm getting tonight. Get me some a s'more flavor one. So he said, I don't have, he said, I made s'mores, but uh, I don't have anything left, but I do have a Hershey bar. Can I say this from the outset of this message? If you eat a Hershey bar by just taking a bite of it and not breaking it in the squares that God intended you to break it in, what's wrong with someone? Just take a bite of a Hershey bar. It is, it is meant to be broken up into rectangles. Give me a break. Come on. So he gave me the Hershey bar, and I was so excited about feeding that, um, that raccoon. That was my opportunity. So I opened up the Hershey bar, and I was so excited to open that Hershey bar. Uh, number one, because I was going to take a little bite of it too. And uh, I broke it uh, into... The square or the rectangle is, again, God intended. And um, I, I, I put it in my finger. And uh, again, that hot feeling in my mind came in. And, and, and if you notice, you ever notice when you do something that you shouldn't do in a group of people, nobody wants to be the first one to do it. You know? And guys, we can have conversations with each other. We can just be like, <clears throat> we can just grunt. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll do it. And so I was the first one 
to do it. And I put that Hershey, that, that little Hershey, uh, Hershey bar in my finger and I saw those raccoons as they were staring at me and they were kind of rustling up thinking this is their chance. This is their opportunity to be able to get some food. And so I reached down and all of a sudden I started feeling the cold sweats come on. You don't know? You don't know what I'm talking about? I should not be doing this. Here come the cold sweats. And so uh, I reached out. I see you got some notes taken. C-O-L-D-S-W-E-A-T-S, cold sweats. You can write that down, okay? Let the Lord minister to you for that letter later, all right? And uh, I reached down, and, and I got a little bit closer, and that, that, that fear all of a sudden gripped me. And I reached down, and I got a little bit closer, and I got a little bit closer, and all of a sudden I reached out, and I watched as that little raccoon reached its little opposable thumb out, and he reached out and started to reach out for me, and I reached out to him, and as he put out his mouth to go and take the bite, BOW! All of a sudden, I got bit by a raccoon! And all of a sudden, I heard in the back of my mind, my grandma Rasta saying, Anthony, if you touch a raccoon, if you feed a raccoon and you get bit, you will go to the hospital. You will die a painful death of rabies. And immediately, I jumped on my huffy. I jumped on top of it. I drove back to the family retreat. And I looked at him and I said, take a good look at me. They're like, Anthony, what's wrong? I said, this is... And by the way, I was speaking in tongues on my bike from the camp, from the one campsite to the other because I might have cussed a little bit that week and I needed to make sure I had it right with God. I was getting, my, my entire eight-year-old life just flashed before my eyes. This was the moment that I was about to die. And, and, I, and I run down and I, I ran up to the campsite. And I threw me up, my huffy down on the ground and I didn't even put the kickstand up so you know it was serious. I appreciate y'all laughing. And I threw the kickstand down and I ran up and take a good look at me, I'm going to die. And they said, what's happened? What happened? I said, I got bit by a raccoon. And they said, exactly what you just did. They all laughed. From that moment forward, I disbanded my family, and I've never seen them since. As a, that was a joke, too. I... You see, I knew the lessons that I had been taught. I knew what I had been told, and I had seen other people participate in it. And I thought that would justify it and make it okay. But the same way that Joshua gives the warning to the people of God in our text from today is the same way that my grandma told me, Anthony, I know what other people say. I know that other people may be able to take part in that, but you can't. I've come to preach to some young people in this room right now and tell you, your pastor's been preaching to you and tell you, I know other people do it, but it's not for you. It's to save you a life of hurt and torment. Come on, when your pastor gets into your life and gets into your world and tells you that sin isn't for you, that worldliness isn't for you, you ought to be the first one on your feet and say, preach it, pastor. Get in my world. Get in my life. Because I need to hear something that's going to save me from being hurt. To this day, to this day, I have a scar on my index finger. Come and see me after, after church. Come and see me this week. I have about the size of a little miniature Hershey bar scar on my finger. See, y'all see those kind of animals. I see the next slide. That's what I see. 
So for the next little bit, I'm going to preach on this subject. Don't feed raccoons chocolate. Don't. I'm sure you will. Probably eat it too. I knew the list. I knew what I had been told. I knew what I had been taught. See, we read in verses 18 and 19 of chapter 6 that Joshua had told the people of God that after the victory was won, not to take anything, just to leave it alone. you got to understand, though, this is like you know being invited to go tear down the mall and being able to go inside and get all the stuff that you wanted to get out of it for your benefit. But he said, don't touch the Xboxes, don't touch the Playstations, don't touch any of that stuff. It's not mine, it's the Lord's. You see, we need to understand something, is that when God says, don't touch the gold, don't touch the silver, leave it all there, it's the enemies and it's no good what you've got to understand is I don't care how shiny it looks I don't care how good it looks the world is not meant for you I'll go ahead and preach it the way I feel to preach it right now and tell you I know that that influencer on social media that, that doesn't live for God looks real cool and looks real nice but you better be careful what you allow in your spirit because you're going to attach yourself to things that were never meant for you I'll take it one step further and tell you. Yeah, I know that preacher that's not apostolic, that seems real cool and says all the cool stuff and wears the cool Jordans. I know he might look cool, but if he doesn't preach truth, I don't want it in my spirit. I want the word of God. I want apostolic truth preached to me. I want the world to be shut out. And I want God to deal with my spirit. I don't want to take things that don't belong to me. Now we find here that the circumstances, the cir- these circumstances though, are unbeknownst to Joshua that somebody goes and takes some stuff and puts it in their camp. Joshua 7 and 1, go ahead. But the children of Israel committed a trespass and the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zebdi, the son of Zerah, and the tribe of Judah took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Watch this. He didn't tell anybody that he took it. He didn't tell anybody that, oh, look, listen to me right now. You might have your pastor fold. You might have your youth pastor fold. You might have everybody in your youth group fold. But God knows what you've hidden in your camp. God knows what you put in your life that doesn't belong there, young man. God knows, young lady, what you've been texting and what you've been saying to that guy that you shouldn't have been. Come on, I've come to tell you right now, it might not look like everybody else knows, but if God knows, that's probably not cool preaching in 2023 to tell you that sin is still sin and hell is still hot. And we've got to avoid, we've got a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. And just because somebody doesn't know about it doesn't mean that it's not sin. If you've let it in your life, you have let the curse thing in your spirit. So now, now Joshua, they go to fight another battle. They go and fight away. I mean, Jericho was like, was like, I don't know, Jericho was like, a major, major college football team, like the top half of the SEC. And so it's like, it's like when Ohio State goes and plays a, a great team and loses, like Alabama or something. 
And then you go and play a way worse team like the city of AI. Like Arkansas, for instance. OH? No? Okay. IO. Yeah. Um, somebody said it over there. That's awesome. They go to AI, a way inferior battle, way inferior city, tiny compared to Jericho. We're about, we about to whip up on these boys. It's on now. And what happens? What happens? They go to AI. Go ahead. Read for me. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased from them before the gate even into Shebarim, and smote them in going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. We lost. How are we going to lose? We just beat Jericho. How? What? What happened? What, what happened? Listen. When you let stuff into your life, and I don't care if nobody knows about it. When the rubber meets the road and it comes time for you to start winning battles, you're going to lose them if you let worldliness in your camp. When you go to start that P7 club and it's not going as well, it's because you've allowed things in your world that never belong to you. That's why I love camp. Because camp is an opportunity for you to shut out the world and connect to Jesus and say, I don't need... You can take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Should have been easily conquered. Should have been easily won. Next verse. I got I to hurry. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide. He and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. He said, he said, God, why am I going through what I'm going through? There's some young people in this room right now that you have walked in here and you have walked in here broken. And you have walked in here hurting. And you're looking for answers and wondering what is going on. Is it possible that you have allowed some things in your world that have caused you to stop winning victories like you used to win? Next verse. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Wait, 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 hold up. Again, he's saying, I'm not, I'll talk to you, but you're not going to win. Next, go, give me the next verse. Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put in even among their own stuff. Good. There's some stuff I could say, but I'm not going to because i got to hurry up. Uh, i got to get to the good part. We haven't got that part yet, but we will get there. You're like, is he going to start preaching? Pretty soon. Give me a minute. Go ahead. Verse 12. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies. Why? Because, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Watch. He communicates to Joshua while saying he won't be with Joshua. And we come to church and we feel goosebumps and we think that's God's approval on our lives. You hear me, that's not God's approval. That's his mercy and his grace reaching for you. Just because you feel God doesn't mean that he appreciates 
feel like preaching in this house the way that I feel like telling you. Just because you come in and you feel goosebumps, you come to the altar and cry, that doesn't mean that you're living right. You've got to make sure that you don't let the curse thing in your world. If you want to live status quo, I'm cool with that. But if you, want, if you want to emerge victorious, you're going to have to remove some stuff. Who am I preaching to in this room right now? You walked in here struggling, but you've got some stuff hidden that nobody else knows about. You've got some things in your life that you, got, you, 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 you might have hidden even from your own self-conscious. But you've allowed some things in your world that was never meant to be there. And I'm not just talking about sin either. I'm talking about you've allowed resentment and hurt and, and pain. Things that other people have done that have not been your fault. You hear me when I tell you hurt is reality, but bitterness is reaction. You cannot control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond. I know that person did you wrong. I know that you were hurt by somebody. But you hear me right now when I tell you, you do not have to be a victim. You can choose your response to that pain. And if I want to just stand up here and tell you right now, flat-footed, and tell you I'm not moving, I refuse to be a victim, I refuse to stand back and watch something happen, but I choose. I choose to be a victor, not a victim. Go ahead and read verse 18. Verse 18, and he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zebdi, and the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was taken. Watch. Not only does your sin affect you, but it affects all the people in your orbit. Not only does that, not just sin, but that curse thing, that, that stuff that the enemy has sent to you to cause you pain, when you hold on to it, it affects your life. Go ahead. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him. And tell me now that thou hast done, hide it not from me. He said, don't hide it anymore. If you want to know what the secret is of what I'm trying to preach to you today, I'm trying to tell you this. Don't hide your sin anymore. Don't hide that stuff anymore. Don't hide it because it's going to cause you to be cursed and you're going to lose battles that you could easily win. Next verse. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils of goodly Babylonian garment. Woo! Hold up. He said, I saw among the spoils a Babylonian garment. Next verse. Or next, next uh, phrase there. Go ahead. And 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight. Then I coveted them and took them and behold they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it whoa, whoa, whoa. there's some things in this verse that we get, we got we got to dig out here first thing he says is i saw them among the spoils again you got to be careful not taking taking vic, taking credits for victories that god has won in your life and taking oh man he, he oh man man did you see how good i preached on sunday Did you, did, you, did you see how many people I won last year? Look at what God's doing in my life. 
And all of a sudden, you start taking credit for things that God did. Watch. He saw among the spoils two things. A Babylonish garment. Everyone say clothes. And 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold. You know what he said? He said, I saw how the world looked. And I saw their money or I saw their prestige. Hear me right now, young person. It's so easy to look at the world, especially in today's social media culture that inundates you with images of joy and happiness. I'm going to tell you, first of all, right now, that stuff that you look at and see is all a fake facade. And those people are miserable. So watch what he says. He said, I saw a Babylonish garment and I saw the money. Listen to me when I tell you that there is no amount or no desire of looking like the world and having the world's prestige that's going to add up to what God can do in your life. I've come to tell you in this room... I've come to tell you in this room today that nothing that this world has to offer is worth your soul. Nothing that this world has to show you that looks pretty is worth you going to hell over, is worth you losing your soul over. Nothing is worth it. But not only, music, you can come, I'm finishing. Not only, if you can remain standing, help me out here. Not only did he take the stuff, but he hid the stuff. He took a fine, the Babylonish is, is a symbol of, worldly, of worldliness. He took that beautiful worldly garment and he hid it in the dirt. Ready? What good is a garment that's buried in dirt. I know that all of a sudden you may think about leaving church and changing the way you dress and changing the way that you look and changing and start changing your standards. But you hear me right now when I tell you all that stuff that you think looks good is just a bunch of ruined dirt. It's ruined by worldliness. It's ruined by stuff that... And we start placing value on stuff and hiding it. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say it this way. The friends, your friends at school know you're apostolic. You might as well go there and start acting like it. You'll never fit in with them. They know that you believe in Jesus. You might as well start acting like you believe in Jesus. Ready? Your Instagram better start showing that you believe in Jesus. We have a, we have a, I, I, I gotta hurry, but we have a church, we have a, 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 a dry cleaner in Zanesville where I'm from. There's the most annoying dry cleaner in the world because outside of their building, it says, one hour dry cleaning. So I take my stuff in there, lay the stuff on the counter and say, I would like the one hour dry cleaning service. And they say, just for the record, we can't do this last minute stuff all the, all the, all the time. I said, then don't put it on your sign. Ready? 
If you're not apostolic, if you're truly apostolic, it's going to show on the outside. It's going to start to change what develops in you. It's going to start to, it's going to show. If you think I'm talking about dress, you got another thing coming. What I'm talking about is loving people. That one kid at the lunch table that nobody likes and nobody talks to. You don't care about your reputation because you got to go and reach out and love somebody that needs some love. I've come to tell you right now, if you're truly apostolic, it's going to show in your spirit. Watch. He said, I took the world's money and I buried it. That was Babylonish money. That was the world's money. There was nowhere that he could have taken that in the camp of Israel and spent it. Because it was marked with worldliness. It was of no value to him. He couldn't have taken that money and done something with it. Listen to this preacher right now from Ohio. If you don't hear anything I say the rest of this week, I want you to hear this. The world has nothing to offer you. You might have sinned on your way here. You might have messed up on your way here, but I've got good news for you. When I tell you that God is a loving God and he's a forgiving God and you have not gone so far that God's arm does not reach for you, He's still reaching, he's still pulling, he's still loving you, and you, I don't care what you put in your tent, I don't care what you've hid in the dirt, God says if you'll open up yourself to me right now, would you lift your hands in this room right now? Come on, would you just begin to unearth some things that don't belong in your world? Would you just begin to unearth some things and give them to God? Our God before this causes me to lose a battle that I was meant to win. I'm going to remove it from my life. God before this causes harm to my family, causes harm to my church. I'm going to remove it from my world. I'm not going to let it into my spirit. Come on, young person. Would you pray with an authority in your spirit? Cause scripture calls it a groaning. Let something come out of your spirit right now and release it to Him. Thank you, Pastor, for preaching holiness to me. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for for protecting me from the world. Thank you for putting that safeguard on my phone. Thank you for preaching against worldliness, Pastor. I gotta make sure that I see heaven. I gotta make sure that there's a world that I can reach. Come on, but you're never gonna win that victory. You're never gonna win that victory if you keep letting cursed stuff in your life. Come on, I'm asking you, every camper's eyes closed, every head lifted towards heaven right now, don't look around. Come on, would you just begin to connect to the Lord for a few moments? Come on, the enemy wants to distract you in this room from being tired and all that good stuff. Would you please take a moment?